Let's sing about apostasy for Valentine's. <laughs> <clears throat> the only way I want to spend my Valentine's Day. <laughs> With the Father, Son, and Holy Matthew Spirit. <laughs> the Holy... Oh, I love it. I love that I'm uh, basically like a, taking the Lord's name in vain. A little bit. What's up, heathens? Um, how are you? Listen, this is what I'm doing. I'm sitting in a Panera... Panera Bread um, in Vista, California, a good ways away from my home, because I had to come up here for a thing, and now I'm, I could either get back on the road and head home and finish editing this episode and putting it all together at home in, in, in the comfort of my, you know, desktop, computer, and all that, um, but I would have to sit in traffic for like an hour and a half. Or I can <laughs> post up in this Panera and order a little salad and flatbread and um, record with the ambiance of the diners of North County, North San Diego County in the background. So that's what I decided to do. Um, and I'll just hope that the traffic dies down and I'll get home later. So today is a very, very special episode. I'm so excited. I know I say that every time, but, like, I can't help it. I get excited every single time because it's all so good. Um, I'm talking with Haley Hill Hohengarten. I think I think we dubbed her Haley Heathen Hill Hohengarten uh, in the episode. Uh, she is just the best. She's the best person. I mean, guess what, you guys? I, I know the best people. Like, that, that's what's up. And I'm sorry, you know, for your sake, I'm sorry that I already took all the best people and I, I know them. Um, that's not really fair, but it's just the way things are. I, I know the best people. So, um, you know, you, I know you think you probably know the best people, but really, you don't. Because if you don't know Haley Heathen Hill Hohengarten, then you don't know all the best people yet, okay? But that's all right. That's why I'm here. That is why we're doing this. That's why we have a heathen community of people coming together oh, to dive into really good stuff. Um, Haley is... You'll hear who she is. She's just fabulous. Um, but she's one of my favorite people because she is my bandmate... Um, also a housemate, also like a best friend. So we have a lot of overlap in our lives. I wake up and Haley's making coffee in the kitchen. It's great. So we're going to get to that really, really quickly. Um, I just wanted to drop a little teaser. I want to tease you. (laughs) That's so not fair. Um, uh, especially in this context. We were all teased our whole lives by the church, right? Uh, that's why we're doing this. Listen, uh, stick around. That's all That's all I'm going to say right now. Stick around because Heathen is growing. Uh, it's um, expanding. I have, uh, I just have some exciting news coming around the corner. Um, got some new, new fresh uh, perspective coming in to help out with the show. Um, and the types of conversations that we're going to be having are expanding. We've got, I've got some really great guests, uh, booked coming up and then, um, 
and I, I, man, I can't wait to to tell you more. But um, I just wanted to let you know that, man, this thing's not going anywhere. If anything, we're 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 getting bigger with what we're doing. We're gonna explore broader topics, um, include more people, and do uh, different types of episodes, not just uh, two people sitting in front of a mic talking to each other, although those will continue. Believe me, that's kind of the crux of this thing. I'm loving those. But um, there's some exciting new stuff coming. So that's enough of me uh, making non-announcements. Why don't we get to the conversation with Haley Heathen Hill Hohengarten. Spiritual Conversations for the Godless. I'm Matthew Blake. Welcome to Heathen. shouldn't blame you but goddamn can you really blame me lately i'm feeling lazy we used to get that chit chat on the daily every day be on my knees praying shaking i'm making i'm waking i'm begging for you to save me hated the way creed made me crazy or the way the word it tried to change me is my faith weak because it is changing or did it get strong from all the breaking call me critical cynical hypocritical here i stand damn i'm still in it though call me critical cynical hypocritical here i stand still in it though Whoever God is, I pray that's where my mom is. Whatever God is, I pray that's where my mom is. Wherever God is, I pray. God, are you awake now? I don't know where I belong. I hear my friends tell me to pray now. Well, my prayer is this song. God, you all exposed, but are you doing what we say you do? Is there even one remotely close interpretation of you? Interpretation of you. Interpretation of you. Happy 
Wednesday, Haley. <laughs> <laughs> that was so romantic. <laughs> this is Heathen Podcast. Yeah. Coming at you live from Girl Boy Studios in San Diego, University Heights, California. We're out here with Haley Hill tonight. <laughs> and we're going to dive in. You should use that voice the whole time. The whole time. <laughs> Haley, tell me about the first time you doubted the Lord. <laughs> I've never had any doubts. That's right. Um, we have not discussed anything. Nope. I walked in the door, <laughs> ate some food. We're doing it. And I've got the microphone set up and we just started singing. Are you cool with that? Yep. You don't need a game plan? No. I feel like game plans would, I would uh, like struggle. Yeah. It would like. Get 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 under not under your skin. What's the phrase I'm thinking of? I don't know. It would like mess with my mind. That <laughs> we don't want that. No. Um, heathens, you have stumbled across a conversation that I'm very excited to have with none other than. Haley Heathen Hill Hohengarten. Hey, quadruple H tonight. That's right. Um, Haley, you're like one of my best, best friends. You're one of mine. You're, thank you. <laughs> I'm glad it's mutual. <laughs> I'm glad that's not a one way <laughs> thing because that would have been really embarrassing. Yeah. Um, you're my roommate, housemate. I guess you can't, I, I don't, roommate is like college because you're actually yeah. in the same room. Right. Usually. We don't share a dorm room. We do not. No. I mean, just a roof. Occasionally, I might crawl into bed and cuddle with you. Yeah, but that, does, that only happens here and there. <laughs> just very occasionally. Yeah. When Chris isn't home. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like when I get lonely. Lonely. <laughs> you have Jaders, who is currently licking Jade, something. Stop. <clears throat> um, and you are also my bandmate. I am. We are in the same band <laughs> together. <laughs> like, what are the odds that we would be? Besties, bandmates, and housemates. I know. It was destiny that we were supposed to be. That's how I know there's something Mm. because of this. Something. I won't say, I won't put a label on it because no one likes labels, not even God. No. I mean. Yeah, there's something though. It's like, it's like the word Yahweh, you know, that you can't even pronounce like, because there's no vowels in it. Exactly. Sure. (laughs) We'll just. <laughs> that's that's what I credit for bringing us together. Sure, <laughs> brought us mm-hmm. together. Mm. So thank you. Yeah. I can't say it, but thank you to that thing, <laughs> that force, that energy. Mm-hmm. Um. Cool. Haley, who are you? Oh, <laughs> that's the thing. Everybody has to introduce themselves on Heathen because I don't want to do that for them. Okay. I want them to be who they want to be. So if you want to be like an Eastern European, um, you know, New York Fashion Week runway model who is mm. also a uh, just got her pilot's license and um, is flying to Italy to take some cooking classes because really you always wanted to just be like the best pasta chef ever. You can be that person. Wow. 
Well, I don't have to introduce myself. Thank you for just doing it. <laughs> oh, I just, yeah. I mean, let's get just to it. guessing. Just guessing at your life ambitions. Oh man, <clears throat> that's a loaded question. Who am I? Um, you know what? I don't want to define myself by like what I do and what I like. Mm-hmm. So I will say that I am a friend. Mm. I am a sister. Mm-hmm. And a daughter, and um, I'm a nine. <laughs> it only took us like three minutes to get to Enneagram. <laughs> yes, we are uh, definitely going to talk about that. Yeah, um, and now we'll get into that the regular stuff. Uh, I like all that. That's I'm you a, define okay. yourself by your relationships. Yeah, I think to I other do. People. Yes. Um, how you see yourself, your personality. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. But you know, I also rap, like to rap. I'm a rapper. Um, the girl rapper. The girl rapper, to be precise. When, uh, when did you start rapping? Oh, geez. It was like 2007, <laughs> which is really embarrassing that I've been doing it for like 11 years and I don't know. That's awesome. Why is that embarrassing? Um, I don't know, because I should have a couple Grammys by now. Oh, oh, well. You know. I mean, yeah, I'm embarrassed for you. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. I'm not alone I mean, what on earth? Like, Shame. (laughs) So much shame. How are you not, like, touring with Common right now? (laughs) Seriously. Damn it. Man. That's okay, because I've been a folk singer-songwriter for longer than you've been a rapper. And I'm not even, like, touring with, you know, like... Ani DeFranco, so... Mm, not yet. Not yet. Yeah. There's still time. I mean... Yeah, I guess so. I'm gonna make some more folk music. But, you should. But right now... I'm in this little... This little band. I don't know if... Heathens, I don't know if you guys have heard of it. Uh, it's called Girl Boy. Shout um, out. All one word. <laughs> Girl Boy. Girls first. Don't yes, get it twisted. Ladies first. Slash gender is a social construct, so... <laughs> So it doesn't matter. It's just all one word. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We might as well jumble the letters and just call it like your gob or whatever. <laughs> I like it. That'll be our new band name. Yep. Your gob. Um, <clears throat> no, wh- why did you start rapping though? Well, that was 2007. Were you in high school? Middle school? Um, I was, no, middle school? I don't know. Really? We ha- we're so, I'm so much older than you, so I have no. So much older <laughs> He thinks I'm like 12. <laughs> 31 people. Uh, um, uh, I was in, I was going to Fresno State at oh, the time. Wait, really? Yeah. I thought you started Weird. rapping in like way younger. No, I mean, you know, I've learned, I first learned just the two of us by Will Smith when I was in middle school. Yes. <laughs> so I guess we could technically say. Can we? The middle school rapper was me. a little, a little <laughs> taste of that? <laughs> Five years old, bringing comedy. Every time I look at you, I think, man, a little me just like me. Wait, she's gonna be tall, makes me laugh, cause you got your dad's ears and all. Sometimes I wonder what you're gonna be a general, a doctor, maybe an MC. Haha, <laughs> I wanna kiss you all the time, but I will test that butt when you cut out a little. <laughs> why don't we just always do things that for a girl? I don't right know. Now? Why you are we not? Why are we not doing? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I can't beatbox, that's why. No, but you should just beatbox. I'll practice. And then we'll just freestyle. <laughs> Will Smith. I like that so much better. Yeah. 
Um, no, I don't. I love what we do. Um, okay, so Fresno State. So, yeah, I was going to Fresno State. Um, I think I got my first uh, Mac laptop, and I discovered GarageBand. Yes. And so I just put all these loops together and started writing raps. But it was just like a joke. Like, I wrote about very silly things. Like, my name, my my... <laughs> One of my nicknames was Ho Baggage Claim back in the day. So Ho Baggage Claim. Yeah. And then people try to like see how long you make it. So it's like Ho Baggage Claim Jumper Restaurant. Like <laughs> So I wrote a, my first like one of my first raps was a rap about all of my nicknames. Yes. So I was pretty writing about pretty serious things. I mean you sound like Anna Kendrick in Pitch Perfect, basically. Yeah. Like, sitting there in your dorm room. With your garage band. Yeah. You know what? Doing your mixes. Yeah. And my life unfolded the same as hers mm-hmm. in Pitch Perfect. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you literally just like stopped a international uh, villain on a yacht. I did. That was just last week. Off the coast of a different country than the one we're currently in. Yeah. Because I can't remember what country it was. Somewhere. Somewhere. Far. <laughs> um, cool. Yeah. When did you feel like it got more serious? When did Ho Baggage oh, Claim Jumper yeah. Restaurant so <laughs> turn into the girl rapper? Well, she she turned into the girl rapper, I think, when I moved down here to San Diego. Mm. Um, I rapped at church. That's <laughs> where really where I got my start. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, you had a rap-affirming church? I did. Very rap-affirming. That's good. Those yeah. are not common. I know, and we're... Not like that diverse up where I'm from. <laughs> so in, in the is it Central Valley? It's not Central yeah, Valley, it's is it? Kind of, it's like the mount the mountains of the Central Valley. The sure. Mountains adjacent to the Central yes. Valley of California. Yes, California. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I rapped a lot. That's when I started getting serious because there was some people that were like, "You should, you're good at this. Like your funny raps are good." Mm-hmm. And so uh, then I would like write raps about whatever the sermon was here and there. Wow. Yeah. You could, you could probably find some on YouTube. They're real, real embarrassing. The sermon rapper. Yeah. Um, what's that YouTube channel? Um, I think it's hope baggage claim. Yes. I think it exists still in the world. Hear that? I want to see some (laughs) Google spikes, searching spikes in the trending of the digital Marketplace, you guys. Yeah. I said that right, didn't I? Mm-hmm. Um, that's cool. You know, I haven't heard that. I've heard like just a little bit of Hobage. Oh, it's so it's so. I know, but weird. I feel like I really need to know this part of your. We're very. Do you? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, because we make music together now, Haley. Yeah. So, like, if I don't know where you're coming from, how can I? Well, you know, through our conversations, I do. So yeah, I mean, my raps like. The things I used to write about were, mm-hmm. I wrote about Jesus, Jesus, the Bible, about being single, about how boys were dumb, <laughs> <laughs> about how I was how I was in so many. I've been a bridesmaid so many times. Always a bridesmaid, never. A That's bride. literally I used the clip from that movie in in that rap. Yeah. Wait, which movie? Twenty Seven Dresses. Oh, of course. Sorry. I don't know that movie. Um, <clears throat> I do know a lot of like rom-commy, chick flicky things, but I don't know not that, that one. one. I've not seen hmm. that one. 
Um, wait, jumping back, because I feel like this is a crucial point. Um, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> in, you just said uh, you rapped about how boys were gross. Bad. Yeah. Or, you know, like... Like, stay away from boys. Yeah. Because purity culture. Yes. Hashtag purity culture. Very much. So that was a big part. That was a big part of But did you, everything. like, really... Did you need a lot of help with that? Well, <laughs> um... <laughs> Leading okay. questions. Rude. I didn't... I really thought that I was waiting for the perfect Christian man mm. with bleach blonde hair <laughs> who could dance to come sweep me off my feet. Who, in your mind, like, was that Lance Bass? Who were you? Oh, God. <laughs> no. There was this guy from um, summer camp. In my mind, he was, he had bleach blonde hair. We always stalked him every summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was waiting for someone like him okay. to come around, you know, but it's like, I just never connected with guys that way. Yeah. But I didn't think anything of it. It was just the right one hadn't come along. Yeah. I'm, right st- I'm still around. waiting for him. Are you? Like, actively waiting for him? <laughs> nope. <laughs> that ship has sailed. <laughs> um, so what you're saying is boys drool, girls rule? Yes. Okay, Yeah. Gotcha. So cool. now that's, my raps are now about girls ruling. Yes. In all the ways. All of the ways, yeah. yes. We've got some good raps about ladies. We do. We actually kind of only have raps yeah. about ladies. <laughs> I was like, we both like to rap about women. Well, women are more interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'm, like, men yeah. are interesting for a couple of reasons. <laughs> and, but they, it's, it, you know, it ends pretty, it ends pretty fast. It ends pretty quickly. <laughs> Sorry, no offense to the male heathens out there, but like, <sighs> I don't know. Like, I've said it on this show before. Like, I, everything that, like, in my life I have, felt like I've learned that's the most valuable, the most interesting, the most like moved me forward as a human being. It's mostly been from women. Um, and, and mostly from men, I've gotten a lot of hangups and a lot of, uh, I don't know. I mean, that could just as much be like, com- Whoa. Jade agrees. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Hey Jade, chill. No one's there. Maybe someone is there. I've been fighting for the great lie all my life. I keep trying to identify wrong from right. Ideology, everybody hollering. Everyone insists only one true philosophy. Who's your enemy? Tell me who you're voting for. Who's the villain of the week? Who will fight your holy war? Not me, never again. Not anymore. Those bragging rights aren't worth fighting for. It's called faith because there isn't any proof. At the end of the day, what you might call truth is really just belief. So why not let it be? What it is for you might not be the same for me. So I'm not heaven's gatekeeper. You feel? I can't even be confident that heaven is for real. We can hope, but we don't know what the final act be. So if we can't be right, we might as well be happy. And we're back. Like we never left. We another never left. left. Another breath. <laughs> another step. Um, I hope we do that all the, through this yeah, whole thing. We'll let's just do that. Just insert energy. some yeah. Some of our favorite raps. Is, yeah. Um, Jade was concerned because... Um, a neighbor got into their car and started it. So, you know, that required a lot of um, attention. Yeah, threats. Um, anyway, oh, I was saying that it could have been, it could just be me and, like, yeah. my issues and hang-ups, obviously, because 
I don't like actually genuinely believe that one gender is, or like, excuse me, one sex is better than the other. I mean, I don't think I believe that actually. Maybe I do. Maybe I need to do some like soul searching mm. about that. Anyway, um, this is not about <laughs> me Let's and my. Let's get into that. And my, yeah, <laughs> we, we can talk about it a little later, maybe. Um, <clears throat> so. Uh, let's, let's, before you became ho baggage, claim girl rapper, yes. uh, girl boy, um, let's, <laughs> let's go back even further to your upbringing. Yes. Like, especially as it relates to any kind of spiritual background yeah. you have. What was that like? Um, I, I had the typical, uh, like, was raised in a Christian home, but my, it wasn't, my, my parents were very, um, they never put anything on us. They were both Christians, but they were very open-minded and kind of were like, never pushed us to do anything. Mm. Um, but I got, I chose to get super involved in, um, church and youth group in like junior high, mm-hmm. going into high school. So, um, so, like, did you guys, you guys went to church or? We, we did a lot, like, growing up and we, like, bopped around to different churches. And then um, I think my parents had a hard time, like, ever, like, really vibing with some of mm-hmm. them. Gotcha. Um, and then I found this group and that had a good, like, good, a good youth program, whatever that means. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, that is when I was on my way to become the super Christian Super Christian. Super Christian. Um, did you do, like, did you have good friendships at school or, like, was that, like, why were you drawn to this um, I became really close with, like, my youth pastor's wife. Gotcha. And I just got involved. And then, like, it, it was, like, it's the <clears throat> biggest church in our little town. Okay. And all of my friends went. And I tried to get all of my friends to go and come yeah. to all the things. So gotcha. throughout all of like high school, most of my friends were involved with the, that church. Was, Some here and in and out, but was it a, so it was, you said it's the biggest church in your town, but it, you were in a kind of small town. Yeah. So like, was it, would it be considered a mega church or <laughs> no, not, not quite? I wouldn't say mega church, but it's, it's like, it's pretty big Yeah. for, Small town, like tomorrow. several hundred people, probably. Yeah, yeah. like probably more than even that. into the thousands. Maybe, okay, yeah. That's probably mega. Then I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know, know what I call mega, but I don't really know. Um, okay, so was it evangelical? Yes, and like you know, say the sinner's prayer, get saved, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, kind of, but it was like kind of like they checked, they made it cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, like we went to Hume Lake, and you know, Hume Lake was like so cool and trendy and I mean not trendy but it was just they made it so fun they made it seem so fun and like not seem it was like I had a great upbringing and Mm. all of the things it's only since my like it looking back and then coming out and you know facing challenges post high school that I've like had issues with it all but when I was in it I mean I was I was very Christian, but I also tried to be that Christian that, like, my um, 
non-saved friends really still liked. So I tried to like be friends with everyone. <gasps> you tried to straddle the line. I did. You know, like I felt so good when my non-Christian, <clears throat> my when my non-Christian friends were like, if I was a Christian, I'd want to be one like Haley. Mm. You know. Yeah. No. So I tried to like good. not be judgmental, but looking back, I was like, I was so judgmental. Really? Yeah. Like in high school, when when my friends started to drink and stuff. I was like, oh, I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. Sinner. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I was just, I don't know. I was like, I, I had issues. Yeah, I, was, I did a lot of the same, like, trying to, well, I don't know if I, 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 there was a good chunk of time when I felt like it was my responsibility to make sure that people knew where I, you know, what yes. side of the line I fell on. And I mean, I would, I, I wouldn't. I was never the guy who was going to, like, cut somebody out uh, for because they did believe something differently or whatever. But um, I always felt like it was important to make sure that the, the distinction was made about, like, what made us different. If, if I thought we were different in our beliefs or whatever. Yes. And, and, like, I'm not even talking about, like, Christian versus, versus perceived non-Christian. I'm talking, like, between, like, the denominations yes. themselves. It's like... like you know, I'm this kind of Christian, which is the correct kind because yep. we believe the correct things. And, you know, so, but I, I, I always wanted to make sure I was like available to whoever too. I didn't, I didn't want to, I didn't want anybody to ever feel left out. Yeah. I think because I felt left out, you know, a lot mm. growing up, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. So good, happy Christian upbringing. Yeah. I mean, it that was. was fun. That was cool. Oh, that was, was the other thing you said was like they tried to try to make it cool and fun, and and that's actually like fine and good. Like that's like great, right? <laughs> to make church fun and and exciting. Like yes, I we we used to be super judgmental about that in other churches because our church was not. We we did not. You guys were boring. Oh yeah, um, we did that's... not strive for fun. Oh. We strove for rightness, you know, correctness, and that fun didn't matter. Although people had, I mean, good time. I don't know. It's very (laughs) complicated. But I just remember, like, in high school, I went to Christian high school, um, so we had a Bible class every year, obviously, and one year we we read, was it John Piper? I don't remember who the author was, but somebody who wrote about Christian hedonism, um, which was when I learned what that was, what hedonism was, which is just like the pursuit of pleasure in life, like making that your primary goal. And this guy had a, had built a philosophy around Christian hedonism. Like you can pursue pleasure and happiness as a Jesus follower. And I just remember like being so up in arms about that class. <laughs> like that is not what it's about. <laughs> um, but I mean, good on churches that try to make it fun and cool. Like, I know that it very quickly, like, you start pulling back those layers and it can get tricky because it's like, well, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to make a church that's attractive so that you can, like, perpetuate a power structure that will, like, you know, keep all these systems of oppression in place? (laughs) Because that is a very real thing that happens. Yeah. But like a lot of individual people are just trying to like, you know, like they do want to have a good, happy life and, but also be spiritual. And why should those things be mutually exclusive? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it was a a terrible thing at all. 
I just think it was, um, there was a lot of like looking back, um, <clears throat> guilt about, you know, if you didn't come to this and this and this. So mm. that's why I was so super involved. And I literally was like the top of the Christian class. Like Haley did all the things, <laughs> every mission trip, every this, every that, because look, as a nine looking now, I know yeah. I was trying to please everyone. I was trying to avoid any kind of conflict uh-huh. and I just wanted to be liked. I mean, none of that has carried on into your adult life. No, I'm so not like that now. It's amazing how much I've evolved. I don't did care it, what didn't anyone you thinks. just like win a yoga competition because you were you went to like the most classes <laughs> in a month. I know. I think it, I really think like my my um, my old Christian habits are just like in new things now. Just, like, oh, I meditate every day instead of read the Bible every day, yeah. and I go to yoga every day instead of praise pray. and worship. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very true. Yes, I love it. Um, okay, but let's talk some about guilt. Mm. Yeah i I think that in looking back, my there was so much guilt. I'm not sure if it was guilt or shame cuz and I know the difference, but about like oh, I felt bad if I didn't read the Bible and if I didn't do this and if I, you know, didn't have that conversation with my non-believing friend mm. and and I felt that very strongly not from my parents mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. <laughs> from the church. The church world. You yeah, in. the church world and yeah. what I was being taught and stuff. So, um, so behind all that fun veneer, there was a, um, there was something going on. Like there was a very intentional, like get in line kind of attitude. Like, yeah. And I, I didn't look at it as like that. It was just like, was that was what Jesus wanted from me, you know, and it, God wanted. And I was just, I was, it was, it felt exhausting. Yeah. I think now being like outside of it, I'm like, wow, I was, that was tiring. And like, and you're not, you're not fully aware of what's being done to you or how your mind is kind of being shaped. I, um, I was home, gosh, a while ago, last, last summer. Um, I, I don't know. I may have even like told this story on the podcast already. So sorry if I have, but I was home last year and this song had come to mind that we used to sing in like children's church, a ch- little children's chorus, um, growing up. And I, and I needed to sing it with my brother and sister to like, see if they remembered it. it and it goes, obedience is the very best way to show that you believe Doing exactly what the Lord commands and doing it faithfully. Action is key. Do it immediately. Joy you will receive. Obedience is the very best way to show that you believe. And that's like this fun little bouncy woo woo woo. Right. Kids and we're singing this song. Oh, wow. And then you listen to the words and it's like the most insidious thing you've ever heard. Yeah. And so I, um, I was sitting around the table, the dinner table, with um, my mom and my brother and my sister, and I sang it. And 
you know, my both my siblings' eyes just got really wide, <laughs> and they're like, oh my gosh, like, the brainwashing that was happening in that, just in that one little song, and that's just one little example of the kind of... Um, you know, and Christians just say that, no, we're just like training up a child in the way they should go. Like yeah. this, uh, obey, trust and obey. Like what's wrong with that? And that's actually what my mom said uh, later on because we had a, a little bit of a about it. And uh, mom was like, I don't see what's so wrong with teaching children to obey. Um, and that's not it, right? Like, sure. Yeah. Like teach your children to obey. That's, I'm, I don't, I'm not a parent. I have absolutely nothing to say about <laughs> parenting. But um, I do like know the difference between like I'm going to like train up a child to live well versus I'm going to scare the crap out of this child by telling them what awaits them if they disobey. Mm. Like hell awaits, you know, this whole action is key. Do it immediately. Joy you will receive. Like you'll be happy if you obey. And if you don't like the implication is whatever your little child mind can dream up. Like you'll be miserable. You'll be, Hellbound, you'll be whatever, um, and it's it's dark and it's insidious. And my mom did not see it that way, but um, I sure as hell did when it came back to me. Yeah, it, it was like, yeah, it felt very oppressive to hear that song play in my mind as an adult when I hadn't thought about it for years. Yeah, but is, I mean, is that what you're talking about? Like that kind of. Um, yeah, I mean it. It was less of like. Hell's hell awaits and all these things, mm-hmm. like your conversation yeah. with, um, you guys have like the rapture, all these things like that. W- it yeah. wasn't so much that it was just like, I don't know. It was just, it was this sense of like, God has these standards almost, mm-hmm. you know. And I just had this checklist idea of, even though they were like, you don't have to earn it, all these things, but it was still like I was still checking off boxes, yeah. like. And that's how I was gaining my worth hmm. or feeling worthy. And the more that I did, the more praise I got. Mm, yeah. Not from my parents again. Right. From these people in the church. And, and it's wild that the church can, like, even in a home that is, you know, yeah. relatively, like, like, I don't know, progressive is probably not the right word, but, like, just, you know, yeah. like. No, definitely progressive. Yeah, Yeah. like parents that are very affirming of you and your worth and your value and like try to instill that in you. Yeah. You can still like be in social situations that drive you into that, that, the action based, like my worth comes from what I do or how I behave or how well I fit in with these people. Yeah. 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 Or like how, yeah, how many people like me and Mm. because of all that I do. Yeah. But it was always, like, what I was doing. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. Um, did you see God as a person, a, a being, a figure? Like, Yeah. I mean, I guess so. I definitely was, like, prayed to... Like, I was all about, like, oh, I have a relationship with mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. That was very much... So God was someone who was, like, an autonomous entity who could communicate back to you and, like... Yeah. Um, yeah, like, not, like... Not a force or a energy or anything like that, no. but like a, an yeah, actual. Yeah, it was like God, and it was conscious being the the God, like <laughs> the right God. Oh, that one. Yeah, yeah, that, I, that, yeah. You probably know. I've I've uh-huh. heard of that one. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. God. Yeah, the best one. The um. best one. <laughs> <laughs> so um. yeah, I was very much like God and Jesus and 
prayed to him mm. and Father and Lord. Oh, what a bunch of masculine pronouns right? you just used. <laughs> so weird. Looking oh, back. I know. It, I mean, I get that some people still resonate with that. It's all good. Eh. But I'll, I'll, I can't, I'll push back on that. I just can't. I, I don't think it's all good to call God male all the time. Yeah, like, that's another, <laughs> that's another little point of conflict I've had with my mother. Mm. Um, uh, just... <laughs> like begging her to like acknowledge that like maybe once in a while we could call God female and that might help instead of hurt. Um, and she, she's really struggled with that yeah. concept. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I, you know, now I don't perceive God as a being, uh, really at all. Um, well, as we said, <laughs> <laughs> that is the definition. Yeah. Yeah. Like breath. Yeah. Presence, energy, whatever. Um, hmm. um, so when did you start to have like, when did you feel like your, I don't know, like cracks started appearing in your, <laughs> the little faith structure you had? <laughs> In my Christian shield that I'd built. Mm, Um, That's an interesting way to put it. The cracks, you know, I actually, I was thinking about this earlier, and I thought to myself, oh, it started when I moved to San Diego the second time and fell in love with a girl and realized I was gay and all these things. But really, I think it started when I went to Point Loma, Nazarene, Mm. right out of high school. Mm -hmm. That's when I was like, I don't, like, I was also struggling with just, like, self-stuff, but... I think because I unconsciously didn't know who I was, mm. but I. So you you didn't you had no just to like confirm you had no idea you were gay. No, in, I no idea. Like even up, up past high school. No. Okay. Yeah. Like so pet, beyond. It literally wasn't until I was twenty four or twenty five, wow. however old I was. Not, not even like a thought. Huh. Which is so funny because I was the most stereotypical. If you look back, like it's obvious, right? Like I was, I never dated any guys and I never like, I wasn't girly. I hated wearing dresses. I, this is all stereotypical. Yeah. I fit all the the stereotypes. stereotypes. And yes, we are acknowledging that they are stereotypes and that they're all, it it takes all kinds to be gay um, or queer or whatever. But yeah. But it just never crossed my mind and never really crossed anyone's mind in my life because that just wasn't, I think, I just wasn't a thing. I don't know. And didn't I didn't have, know anyone. Yeah, you didn't know any queer people. No. Um, it's, it's it's always interesting to me to talk to, especially women, and usually it seems like there can be f- more than for men a um, like a, like a like a distance between understanding your sexuality. Um, you know, it, it it just takes time sometimes. Like I just have plenty of female friends who came out later in oh, yeah. life or even it's called the late in life lesbian. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's real. Um, it is, it's a real thing. Whereas most male identifying people that I speak with and know would, would, you know, be able to identify at a really young age. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm sure there's all kinds of really great work out there that, um, <laughs> talks about why that is. Yeah. I just haven't read much of it, but it is fascinating to me nonetheless, because yeah, I knew, I mean, right. I, 
I knew and it created in me a sense of deep dread and mm. horror. <laughs> uh, because my very first sexual fantasy was like, even like, it was like prepubescent even. Like I was, I don't even, maybe I was in puberty. I don't even know. But like, and it wasn't a sexual fantasy because I didn't even really know what sex was. But like, I knew I like wanted this experience. Yeah. And like, I think even like had talked about it maybe with somebody and like recognized really fast that like what I was saying was not kosher, not acceptable. Um, so that's, it's such a, that's such an interesting different way to grow up to like grow up feeling almost what more asexual would you have said you felt back then? No, I just thought I was, I just was, I was being the best Christian waiting, saving myself for marriage. Like did you have crushes on boys? Yeah, Yeah. I totally did. Like first, my room was covered in all the women's soccer players. But then it was covered in O-Town and Blink-182 and all the... Who, who, Josh Hartnett. You know, like, all everyone, all the guys were all in my room. And I've... That's... So that's why I don't know. Uh, yeah. I mean, in looking back, it's like, oh, I can connect more dots and be like, oh, yeah. well, that would make sense. But... Yeah, retrospect is much yeah. easier. When I was in it, I was just like, oh, well, I just hmm. never... Yeah, I was just being I was just being that kick ass Christian. <laughs> kick ass. Not dating anybody. <laughs> That's right. Because dating is sin. Because you know Did if you, you kiss dating goodbye? Because you're gift <laughs> Yes. Because if you give yourself, you know, mm. one kiss to someone, you give a little bit of peace to yourself away to each person that you kiss or are with or Yeah, yeah you do. That, it was Yeah, you do. Mm-hmm. And you can't get it back. You can never get that back. Oh my gosh. Uh, so that was scary to me. It was 2010. We were just friends. Hot summer night when the spark began. You said I recommend this hot new trend. Let's lose our pants and dive in the deep end. And that was all it took for me to trip and fall. Those rosy lenses dropped my defenses. 28 years, first time I've been this struck by lightning. Chest was tight and I fell so hard. It's a little bit frightening. But you know it's not worth denying. I was ready for love and you were supplying. Drank our field till the bottle went dry. Surrender my will looking in your eyes. So damn chill it was no surprise. When you lost the thrill, that was our demise. 28 years to conquer 28 fears by fire. So, and yeah, anyway, I, I, the crack started, I think, at Point Loma when I thought I wanted to go to this all, this Christian school because. Because you're being the best Christian I was ever. being the best Christian, kick, so of course. Kick-ass Christian. Yeah. yeah. And then I was in this space of struggling with myself and having to, like, my faith felt forced because of chapel three times a week and you had to take all these Bible classes and, and I just couldn't connect to that. Mm. Um, but it, it wasn't like causing doubts or anything, but it, I think that's when it maybe started. Yeah. Something like, I'm like, things feel forced. Yeah. Mm. Um, and then when I moved down here the second time, um, that's when I realized my sexuality (laughs) and that came head to head with what all my beliefs. And I was still so close with my church and my church leaders and all the people from home Mm. and still had all those beliefs. Not that it was never like preached to us, like homosexuality is a sin. It was just understood. Like you didn't have to, yeah, you didn't have to preach it. (laughs) It was just a given. So, so I was very much in the, um, trying to reconcile. What was your very first, like, response? 
did, was there a moment when you became aware? Or was this, it was a gradual dawning realization, like of the, of your queerness. Oh, it was just, I was best friends with this girl for a year mm-hmm. and then we realized we liked each other mm. and it was like, wait, what? Mm. And I feel like it was immediate, the struggle of like, well, this isn't right, but it feels normal. Yeah. So I feel like then I, I thought I was like building my faith up more and it did grow because I dove into the Bible and the clobber passages and all that shit and like had those conversations with or tried to have those conversations I'm terrible at like any kind of debate or argument you know (laughs) I was like I have nothing for you but I'm frustrated because I don't get why you think this is so wrong like I'm just with this person I'm not hurting anyone I still believe in Jesus and all the things but also for most of that time I would say it's like, well, I'm still attracted to guys. And I, uh, like, again, like every lesbian says, yeah. well, it's just this person. It's just this person. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, hello, this person's a girl for a reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that was definitely more cracks into the faith shield. Um, but it just, like, it felt like it was just expanding. And then... But it was hard to, like, find a church in and out of churches um, and stumbled across. I don't think you were there, like, mission for a mm-hmm. little bit. Yeah. But. Yeah, we missed each other. Yeah. <clears throat> at that church. Yeah. Um. So right away you kind of, did you, like, talk to anybody, c- come out in any kind of way right away? Or? Yeah, right away I, like, I told, not right away, but pretty much because I couldn't do the hide things. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I like, it was probably several months after and I sat, I literally like sat down and had a conversation with this person and with this person and with this person. Made the rounds. Yes. Yeah. It's exhausting. It was so, so exhausting. I haven't thought about that in a really long time. Um, Cameron Esposito, who we love, um, has a bit that she, (laughs) where she talks about how, Yes, exactly. How exhausting it is coming out because it's not just like, well, I have to sit down and tell the important people in my life. It's stuff like she has this bit where she's like, I was, you know, buying a bagel. I was, I was getting a bagel the other day and I bought two bagels and the, the bagel shop employee was like, oh, are you taking a bagel home to your boyfriend? And, and she's, you know, like instant, like inner conflict, like, oh, I have to be true to myself and I have to tell the bagel (laughs) shop person that... No, I'm taking it home to my girlfriend, but it's like, am I, am I coming out to the bagel shop right now? Like, Gosh. is that what has to happen right now? Yeah. And I love that bit so much. Cause it's just like, oh, it just captures it. It's so freaking true. Cause it, it, it's, it's like ever present, especially early on. Like now I feel way less conflicted about, yeah. about any, like yeah. I will gladly come out to the bagel shop employee. <laughs> um, and probably with a very intentional, like. And what you going to do about it, you know, like, um, but no, especially in those early days, it's just like exhausting. Yeah. Cause it's not just one conversation that is like follow-ups and phone calls and emails and letters and mm. all that. But again, none with my family. <laughs> Parents could care less. Aww. They were just pissed that my church responded how they responded in some ways. 
So. Wow. But that's... but I had a very like I had the most mild experience, truly. Well. I mean, very. I can't even I can't even like be upset about it or anything, because I hear your story and like you know I I think ultimately it was like well my family was great and supportive and fought for me always so but you had also invested so much yeah. in this faith community that you'd been part of yeah definitely and what was their response um and you and you don't i mean you can yeah. say as little or you know I, you don't have to throw anybody under the bus or you can yeah. tell me to move on to the next question if you want but throwing them all under the bus <laughs> um no they it wasn't it was very much like we love you but mm-hmm. that's what it was like there was always that uh, attached to every statement. Yeah. So you got change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was just like, and it got like a little bit, the extent of it was like, they, it got brought up in like some elder meeting of like, because I was, before I moved, I was um, like a small group leader and stuff like that. So like, it was like, well, how do we approach Haley or something? Yeah. Or maybe it was like, if, someone's in a leadership position even though I didn't live there so I don't know why it got brought up I forget but and somehow that got back to my mom and she got real mad <laughs> what did she do I, I'm not sure but she she was mama bear for sure mm. um but we could have really used uh Colby's unclobber book back in that day like I you know I read all I ordered all the books I did all the things yeah and I did come to, like, peace about it, and I met people down here that, like, were, I was like, oh, you can be gay and Christian, and you can, like, I met other people like that. Yeah. And be in a church and stuff like that. And that's still what I wanted and what I believed, so, mm-hmm. um, you know, eventually the, all those relationships just faded, and it was yeah. fine. Like, that's just, it was a season, so. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's still, yeah, there's people like, I, I, I couldn't care less about like what they ha- would have to say into my life anymore, but I still have this like association that's negative in my, yeah. in my mind and my memory. <clears throat> yeah. And that has prompted me in recent months to like wonder more about that and like try to explore some of that. Because I'm so good at, um, like, just corking stuff that didn't go the way I wanted it to. Just, like, you know, oh, put that put that in the bottle, cork it, put it on the mm-hmm. shelf, and I don't need to revisit it anymore. Um, so I just have, like, a lot of unhandled baggage. Like, stuff I just haven't even looked at in years and years. And I'm, and especially, like, the kind of, kinds of things that we try to focus on now spiritually, like, um, you know, it, I can't read Brene Brown without like going back into my past and saying, like I, there's stuff here that I, that's, that's stopping me from like belonging to myself and from being vulnerable, and from, you know, like yeah. doing the work. Yeah. So. So there I sit in the ambiguous With this long list of shit that I just don't get It's not being cynical, it's seen with the critical 
eye, the kind that reads beyond the typical. It is harder though, because it's hard to know if your roots becoming loose. It can be hard to grow. Give it some room to breathe. There is still room to be rooted deep underneath the uncertainty. Okay, so what was next in the timeline then? Like, um, we you've. You've, you said you moved back to San Diego the second time. So yeah. are you in school at this point? Uh, no. Okay. Just moved back. That's Is how... Is this when you did the... You won the rap contest? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Won a rap jingle. And that's how I got my first job. Woo woo! Yeah. So the, and that's how I met my like first girlfriend and mm-hmm. all that stuff. So I went through that whole thing with the church and all that. And then found... I guess it was more through the breakup that I found um, what ended up being Sojo. Mm. And. But are you talking about mission first? Yeah. Yeah. So I got. So um, affirming church here in San yes, Diego. Yeah. I think that was like. I discovered myself after the breakup of like, oh, I. Okay, I really am gay. <laughs> I am a lesbian, even though I'm not with a girl, mm-hmm. but I know this about myself and I like, I kind of reconciled my faith yeah. at that point, but I was still very much like, like through that breakup, I put like sticky notes of Bible verses all in my room and oh, wow, yeah. read the Bible and prayed and journaled to God. And that was helpful. And that was helpful. And that was so, that's like what, you know, one of the things that helped get me through that yeah. time and finding this like new community. Like I joined the Nictor small group and hey. like... So, and then, but it, it is also in that time where I feel like there was more, I was meeting more people more. So when like Sojo started, I was starting to meet more people with different, more views Mm. and, you know, like still wanted to be a part of a faith community, but, but had different, but you know, it didn't look like mine or like the next person's and it was all okay. Yeah. And so, so... So just like a range of actual beliefs. And, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, I would say meeting you, like you were a big... Because I was like... I don't know. I think I was starting to like have questions about like, well, why do I believe all these things mm. and still? And meeting, you know, like Kate and Jess and even Colby, even though he's like so... like. He still, he wasn't someone that was like, this is what I believe, but he was maybe one of the first people that was like, I believe in Jesus and the Bible and all these things, but if you don't, that's totally fine. Mm, (laughs) You know? I was like, wait, what? (laughs) It's okay if I don't believe it too? Yeah. Like, yeah, that's fine. So I think definitely like being a part of Sojo in the beginning of Sojo house church days, I was just like, wow, like this can look so different and... That's, I think, where I started to, like, question things. But it was, like, I still wanted to be a part of something. Mm, yeah. But I was starting to, like, let go of some of that guilt and shame and checklist, checklist, checklist. Because I w- wasn't a part of this church that was anymore being, like, well, you're not doing this, this, and this. And, oh, you didn't come last week? Well, why didn't you come? And so it's, you know, it's just, like, such a different mindset. Yeah. So, um, well, I know those feels, like... <laughs> I still want to be part of something, but what do I believe? Yeah. Um, or what don't I believe anymore? Yeah. So the way you explained earlier about um, wanting to belong and wanting to fit in and knowing that there is like a criteria for that. 
a spiritual code that you had to measure up to. When you encountered people who didn't like care about you measuring up to that code, like what did that do to your beliefs, your own beliefs? Yeah. It, it made me question like, well, why do I believe those things? And then it may also made me want to like be around these people even more. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, like that drew me in way more than any kind of agenda did in the past. Um, Cause it was, and I think I resonated more with just holding space for doubt and questions, you know? And like, I just remember this one sermon Colby gave and he was just talking about like being like this, you know, like holding his hands open to things. Mm. And I was just like, yeah, like why? I don't know. It just, I, it, so it did, it did make me start to be like, why? It just, why do I hold on to this stuff? Mm. And why do I believe all these things? Is it just because I've been trying to fit in and I have been trying to be excel at Christianity? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it mm. for sure was. Yeah. It was all very real. And like I, everything I experienced, I don't look back and be like, oh, I was fooled and it wasn't real. Right. Because it was. It was such a real experience. But, um, and it got me through so many things. Mm-hmm. Um. But I definitely, my mind just started kind of expanding. And then once I, like, my mind expanded, it was hard to go back and still hold on to those old thoughts and ways. Yeah. But for a long time, I still read my Bible and prayed. But it was, when I was doing those things, it was less out of, um, there was less shame and guilt attached to it. Mm. So there was more freedom in that. But then I also was, I think, like, less drawn, like, well, why what am I getting out of this, you know, and why this one book and this only book, Yeah, you know, and I think I started getting introduced to Glennon and Brene and, mm. you know, all of these different types of ways to get, you know, spiritual fulfillment and advice and guidance. Yeah. So. I know it's been, it is such a like mind fuck to think about, how restrictive uh, your access to spiritual insight. Like, we, yeah, we just, we had a very small library at our church and there was like authors that were, you know, obviously approved, at least Strobel and, <laughs> you know, James Dobson, obviously. Um, but really it still all came down always to the Bible exclusively, yeah. pretty much like that. It, the only one you can just implicitly trust 100% Mm. is the Bible. And I'm sorry, but I just do not have life experiences where the Bible has done really amazing things for me. I don't have those stories and it's not for fucking lack of trying. Like I, I mean, I have, I mean, it's not in, I'm, there are definitely like moments and there were verses, you know, like there were like, I just remember one verse in Jeremiah about, uh, Joshua made fun of me when I told him this on the podcast, but, uh, uh, there's a verse about, uh, God or the shepherd, I think, uh, holding the lambs close to his chest. And so in college, like that meant a lot to me because I felt very alone and, and mm. like, I didn't have a, a figure to, uh, you know, a, a spiritual leader figure to like comfort me. So that was like, that was a comforting thing. But by and large, like the Bible was just like, it was very mechanical and it was very much a, 
the way that I should be living and moving around in the world, but it wasn't, I wasn't compelled by it. I wasn't moved by it. And then now I encounter writing and not just writing, but like speaking and art and, um, conversations like this one that move me (laughs) that like do something inside my soul that I, you know, I can't put words to like, but I know that it's like, it's a pull and it's a draw and that's the thing I want to follow. But instead I had to follow Jesus. I had to follow this prescriptive, um, ancient book that wasn't, you know, that gave me nothing. It just, you know, (laughs) didn't give me anything good. Um, and on top of that, I was made to feel great shame for not being able to access the wonders of the Bible, right? Like something's wrong with me because I'm not moved by the Bible the way, and in our church particularly, um, we, uh, I've talked about this on the show too. We didn't have a pastor. We didn't have leadership. We had, it was, it was, it was a congregation led church. So on Sunday mornings, we would come and sit in a room together and the men, we would, for an hour, the men in the room would take turns just kind of doing like popcorn, like popping up and calling out a hymn for us to sing. Or, um, one would read a Bible verse or reflect on something, just give a little short thought. So, huh. I, my whole life, I witnessed these men, like <laughs> one man in particular, every freaking week, bless his heart. Um, he's passed now, Mickey May, um, but broke down, like just to the point where you could not understand him. I remember my mom used to like, you know, he's such a sweet man, but I have no idea what he's saying. <laughs> um, uh, and, and, and he's just so moved mm. by the Bible and the words in it and, and the salvation that he received as this poor, wretched sinner. And that was just the general feel of things. And I just felt like a complete turd for not being able to access that stuff. Like, mm. Well, you were a turd for that. Yeah, yeah. obviously. Mm-hmm. I'm still a giant turd, <laughs> just for different reasons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not, that's not why. It's different yeah. reasons. Ooh, yeah, yeah, the Bible, man. I know, it's so conflicting. I, it, I know it really. It is. Some people really get a lot from it, mm-hmm. and that's great. It is. It is. It I, is. I am absolutely like yeah. go you go you Bible lover. Mm. Preach. <laughs> and I just I'm gonna fall asleep to reading like something else. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't read it anymore. Um, well, calling back to earlier in our conversation about how women have the best stories. I mean, Esther, that was one book. I, when I would be bored in church, I would go read Esther. I re- I've read Esther, like, I don't know how many times. I freaking love that story oh. because it's a fucking good story. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's like the hero's journey, and it's a woman, and it's, yeah, it's you beautiful. Were, you were a feminist before you knew you before were a feminist. Before I even knew it, yeah. Wow. Thank you, Esther. I just read it, hey, you know what they say. It's a man's world, girl, get out the way. But that's not true. We here to prove that boys club bullshit's DOA. So we fightin' the equal pay. We enlighten the naivete. But first things first, let me hear you say. It's girls, not bitch, Independence Day. Weekend. 
the total crack of my faith definitely was when my mom passed away unexpectedly. Um, That just, I think every question I ever had, I literally, no, there was no answers. There was no verse in the Bible. There was no prayer anyone could say to me because I was like, you cannot tell me for sure where my mom is. And And I think it was just like that idea of like, we can try to know and be, find comfort in this truth and that truth, but it's like, who the fuck really knows? Like, there's you, I have zero proof. Yep. And I can believe whatever I want to believe to make me feel better. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying people do that. But I'm whatever with people's beliefs, but like, I, that it just was like that. And I, I didn't just believe it all, I wrestled through that, but I was like, it's just fading my faith, that faith. Mm. That Christian Jesus faith is just fell through my fingers. Yeah. And uh, mm. I think I was holding on to it because of this perceived idea. I still wanted people to perceive me as this perfect Christian person that had it all together. And even, that was... Even that, in your grief. Yeah. You wanted yeah. people to see you as... Yeah. It's, especially... Holding, holding on to Jesus. Yeah. Um, like Jesus is the one who's keeping you going kind of thing. Yeah, I think it was really like my my family, as in like my brother, because like we kind of like flip flopped our faith walks. <laughs> he was super like atheist, and then I was super Christian, and then we like er, 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 crossed cross in the middle. Um, and I was just always like, "What if I? What if I don't believe those things anymore? You know, what will they think of me?" Mm. And but I, I remember one conversation I had with my dad after, and he, he experienced the same thing of, like, his faith kind of just crumbling. And he said... When, when, when my mom passed. passed. Yeah, and he said, um, I believe now in, like, love and friendship. And that's kind of always stuck with me. I'm like, yep, that's, that's it. Or you can say love and relationships, like, connection. And that's en- that's enough for me, and that's why I still go to church because mm. that's where that I find that, mm. and I don't. It's in it's in people and being able to be in a space where I'm like I don't I don't know and I don't care if I I don't. Someone asked me what I believe, I'd be like I don't know and I don't care. Like I'm just <laughs> I'm fine with just being like whatever. It's there's something, but I don't have a name for it, and I don't like <laughs> I don't have this checklist faith anymore and it feels so much it's so much more freeing Mm. you know like I didn't go to God at all after my mom passed Mm. you know I found it through my partner at the time and I found it through you and I found it through Kate and Colby and my family and so through all these through people yeah you know like but I didn't I prayed not one time probably haven't prayed since I might have prayed for my dad, like, you know, because there's some things where you're just like, you feel so out of control. But it's like, I wasn't praying to this God figure that I used to believe. It was just like putting something out into the universe. And yeah, I just, I mean, I wrestled with with it for a long time, but just finally 
because it was such a part of my identity. I think that was the thing. And then I was like, okay, if I'm not this Christian, like, person, then who am I? you're still a good human with mm. a good heart. And and that's kind of where I find myself now. Mm. And I definitely, I mean, connection is, I used to think, oh, I need to feel connected to God. And how I felt connected to God was through prayer and going to church and reading my Bible. And now it's, I guess it just looks different. It's like now I find connection through going to yoga and meditating and surfing yes. and going to church still. Just different church. Yeah. And, you know, having relationships with people. So. I've always known God as father. Now I see another. Because of you, I now see God as mother Your love, it was beyond the earth And as your baby girl, I learned of just how much I'm worth So I never had to search Lucky was I Your love, it was the kind that cut and pierced angelic skies So I'll try to carry that always And love everyone in all ways Do my best to reflect your hands Quick to laugh and to ask all the questions that I can I'll be kind, strong when I stand Go with the flow when the road don't go as planned It's not where I had hoped to be But I know that I'm supposed to breathe So please mama, be close to me And remind me I'm where I'm supposed to be You were never not you, so I will always be We got real deep and heavy No (laughs) Sorry Why are you sorry? I'm not sorry Don't be sorry You're welcome Yes! (laughs) Um Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm I want to get deep and heavy. Um, I never want to assume that my podcast guest wants to get deep and heavy, but, um, well, I don't even, I just to, to, to start off, I don't even know how anybody could go through what you went through in, with losing your mom. Um, and I mean, I, I guess I have seen people go through that and come out with a quote-unquote stronger faith that's very much reinforced in the same things they believed beforehand or you know maybe they didn't believe necessarily in like the christian way beforehand and they come out of a a time of grief like that Mm -hmm. all right not, not come out because you're kind of that grief stays but um you know they've they've latched on to jesus and that's what's gotten them through and so Yeah, it's. I don't. I mean, if that's what does it for someone, I never want to. Yeah. Be like, your faith is a sham. <laughs> like that's yeah. not. Um, no, my, I, I'm. I'm the same way. Be, yeah. Because that I won't share my brother's story, but for him, his faith in Jesus is what saved him after my mom mm-hmm. passed. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, thank you, God, for Jesus, because. That's what how he got through, yeah. right? Isn't that funny how you can be like, <laughs> thank you, God, for <laughs> saving my brother. I'm checking out. Yeah. <laughs> Glad that that's there. Yeah. You're you're part of this yeah. part of my past or whatever. Um Yeah. Uh I 
I've been kind of beating up on myself over the past year for not being able to articulate anything beyond the word connection when it comes to what I believe. Like, cause I, I was all about like, I can tell you what I don't believe. Here are yeah. all the things that I used to believe that I no longer believe. What do you believe, Matthew? Well, like I believe in connection and I felt like that was super, I don't know, a little bit of a cop out or just not a great, I just felt like I didn't have a good handle on, on it and couldn't articulate it well. But almost every person that I've been talking to on this thing, like that's what it comes down to for them. I feel like that's very articulate way to, it's just, that's what it is. Right. That's what it is. I don't know. Like, why does that have to be anything more? And I, well, you're right. I, th- I think you're right. And I think that's what I'm, I think that's so much of what the process of these conversations, like that's where I'm coming to land a little bit is, I was I, I was probably feeling a lot of guilt and uh, or anxiety at the very least about not having a creed because I had a creed for so long. You know, I had yeah. a, a very and not just a creed, but like the most specific creed you can have because there's you know eighteen thousand different denominations, and when you land in one of them, they've defined everything that you're like like yeah. you're associated with a particular church because you believe the same things. And so you're able to articulate very well, especially in a culture like the one I grew up in that's obsessed with being able to talk about what's correct and right about mm-hmm. their faith. Mm-hmm. Um, I could always articulate those things super well. I could take song I could take a song and identify the songwriters uh, their their beliefs and call out what was wrong with it. Like this was an exercise we had in high school. Like I took Cheryl Crow's Hard to Make a Stand, which is a beautiful song that I absolutely love, but I was able to like pick it apart and be like, well, here's what Cheryl Crow believes and here's why she's wrong. Yeah. And here's, you know, what she needs Gosh. to believe. I used to pray for Cheryl Crow. I wanted her wow. to be saved so badly oh because gosh. I was like, think of all the wonderful things Cheryl Crow right? could do for Jesus. Like so much more. Yeah, so she much hasn't more. Done enough. Right? Yeah. Yeah, because all of her accomplishments are, all the beautiful art she's made yeah. is just kind of like a, it's nice, but like it doesn't count. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't count because mm-hmm. it's not, you know, it's not Jesus inspired yet. So I desperately wanted it to be mm. Jesus inspired so that I could like really like love her stuff. Yeah. <laughs> But deep down, you were like, I love this shit. Of course. <laughs> so good. <laughs> of course. But I can't. But it's so good. Oh, man. And and that's the thing, right? Like, Cheryl Crow is speaking to my little she prepubescent yeah. soul um, in a way that the Bible never could, but I was unable to receive it. Mm-hmm. And see, that's so, it's such a limiting f- faith. So limited when really it's like, God, energy, whatever exists in all things. Yeah. Hard to make a stand. I was going to start singing, I'm going to suck up the sun. <laughs> yes. I was like, that's the only joke. <laughs> Sorry, that came to my mind right there. Oh, there's, there's, so, there's so many so good many. ones. A change do you good. Hey, hey, hey. All right. 
I, I, yeah, I've, <laughs> I've hung out with you for, what, four years now? Yeah. Is that how long we've... Many moons. Four many years, moons, yeah. Yeah. We've known each other, so I've kind of seen you go through some shit. <laughs> you've had, you've had a tougher time than, like, pretty much anybody I know. <laughs> um... And I, I mean, I don't, I don't know that I could like be where you are today if I had gone through the many things that you've gone through. And I'm like, not, I mean, I know that like it sucks and I know that you feel oftentimes like you're not in great places. Like I know that those moments come up for you. Um, but I also have to say, like, you inspire me, like, so freaking much. <laughs> so freaking much for just keeping going. Like, because that's what I think I would just struggle the hardest with if I had to endure a loss in the way that you've endured several losses. Um, like, I don't, I don't know that, I, I like... Because the one time I did go through a loss that I won't even try to compare, but for me it was it was a significant loss. It, it, it was when I was in college, and um, it was based on what mattered to me at that time. Like it was devastating because it it just everything that mattered the most to me went away, and I spent two years in complete like. Literally, I was basically a shut-in. <laughs> I had a job, and I went to work, um, but I would come home, and I would intentionally avoid human contact, and I um, I went on a six-mile run every day. I was in the healthiest shape of my wow. life. <laughs> Damn. Um, miserable and and healthy body, I guess. Mm. That's, that's how I get healthy. Um, and a blockbuster. Like, I went to blockbuster, and I would just watch movies, like... Just and not the kind of movies where I like wanted to like, you know, experience like something beautiful art. Like it was the movies where I could just tune out what was going yeah. on in my life, and I did that for two years. And the only mm. like social connection I had during that time was um, with an ex-gay Exodus uh, group, where I was going through um, conversion therapy to try to become straight. So like even my like my one social point of connection was like this. <laughs> self-hating, mm. loathing, whatever. Um, and that, but, so, like, what I see in you and what you've done, like, your your response has been this, it's been connection. It's been love and friendship. I love that. I didn't know, I've never, I, I've not heard you share that before, and I love that your mm. dad, like, called that out and that that's been your mantra because I see that in how you how you walk, how you live your life. Like, and I can see how that's been your saving grace. Mm-hmm. And that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I can't believe I've gone through this whole time and haven't mentioned therapy. I've been oh. in therapy for, hey. uh, however long, six years. Yeah. Same person. Hallelujah. Um, so I think that has been, mm. that's like the center of, me being able to kind of 
pro- do all these things and get through all these things. I'm not saying like therapy is the answer. It'll save your life. You have to put in the work. Mm-hmm. And then I credit my parents for raising us in, in a house that encourages self-care and self-improvement and self-awareness and mm. therapy. You know, I mean, my dad's a therapist, so <laughs> I'm a little biased, I guess, but. Papa um, Ho, he's the best. Yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, I think that my whole, I didn't, like, I was in my Christian, young Christian faith. I thought I had the idea that, like, I was worthless and God, you know, like, not less of me and more of God, right? Yeah, yeah. So, in my, as I've grown out of that, it's been, like, I've been having to find myself and find self love for myself because I thought it was selfish to love yourself. Right. So I think in my, as I've been growing up, I've been just trying to learn how to do that. Yeah. And that has just been like, okay, well, I'm going to keep learning about myself and how, you know, so I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that, but that's kind of my, thing now it's like sometimes I'm like I still have these moments where I'm like oh I'm I'm so self-centered and like sometimes I am (laughs) but that makes me a better like person in the world yeah so it's just but it's like I still have that attachment of like you like focusing on the self is always it's like the worst of the worst it was it was and I I just like so I had literally like no self-esteem yeah yeah, it's like the root of, of sin, right? Yes. Like selfishness. Yes. Jesus, others, self, joy. Uh-huh. Like that's how you, it was always should have been in that order. Yep. And yeah, so, okay, so that creates super yeah. low self esteem in a person. Yeah. Even a person who's raised in a beautiful family yeah. with like. I'm like, I still, I'm like, I don't know. My poor parents, they, I think they, they definitely struggled sometimes. Oh. Like, what? Haley, love yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Maybe you, you should love yourself. <laughs> um, but I also am like, okay, I've been able to um, walk through what life has, you know, what what's happened in my life because of, at the root of it was how my parents raised hmm. me and Jeremy, you know, and I think that. I mean, that's what Jeremy and I have said. It was like probably like two years after he he was down here, and he was like, he's like, sometimes I wish we weren't like okay, you know, like I wish we weren't already like the new normal wasn't our normal, you know. And I was like, yeah. well, Jeremy, I was like, we're okay because mom raised us so that we would be okay, yeah. like and dad, but like she, yeah, because of who they were to us and the kinds of parents and models and the way they loved us. That's how we were able to make it through how she died, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, I, at the end of the day, I mean, now three and a half years out, I can be like, okay, I'm so grateful that I had that relationship with my mom and yeah, what I did because that's how I am who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. And you 
are her light, man. Like, you are... I only got to meet uh, Joyce once. Twice. Twice. Yeah. Um, and... But but the little bit I picked up, especially at that brunch at Brooklyn Girl. Yep, yep. And, um, and then what I've learned about her life since from you and your family. Like, you are... <laughs> that same smile oh, you have your mother's smile and you were that light um like yeah she's here like i know you can't say <laughs> i know what you mean when you say you can't um know where she is yeah and you can't put a uh, stock enough faith that would claim to know where she is but i mean she's here <laughs> yeah totally yeah and my and I'm so okay with like not knowing and not having to figure it out because yeah, it's I I do I I feel her and I experience her and like the more that I try to live out who she was and what you know then the more I feel connected to her and I'm also like now there's this I don't really fear dying because it's like well hopefully we'll be together mm. in some way again yeah. Not that I'm like not scared of dying, but I'm just saying there's like this, who knows what's next, but like yep. mom's going to be there. So yeah. sweet. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, I don't know. Ooh, yeah. That's good stuff. But she, she would have been a great one to interview for this. Oh. <laughs> she, I, she I just have, thought about that. She would have had some wisdom to drop on us. Oh, she would have shared some things. I'm sure. <laughs> Well, you, uh, I mean, I'm in therapy now because of you. I don't know if you know that, but. Oh, I didn't know. It's... Um, no, it's, it's exclusively 100% because of you. Because I, mm. you know, I tried therapy a few times early on in my 20s. And it never stuck. Like, I just didn't have great experiences. You know, didn't find the right person probably. And then, like, gave up really quickly. Um, and... But yeah, the whole time I've known you, <laughs> you've been yes. very committed to your therapy and we've talked about it and it took me, you know, almost four years of knowing you, <laughs> but like, I finally was like, oh, I need to do this too. Like, I think this would be good for me. Yeah. And it's been good and hard and good and hard. That is, that is exactly the dance of it. Yeah. It's so good and it's so hard. Yeah. It's so good and it's so hard. But I'm glad I'm doing it. I'm too. Yeah. Thanks for pushing me over the edge. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Again. I'm not rejecting the wisdom of a father, saying I'm smarter, thinking I'll go farther if I lead my tribe, if I work a little harder, if I set my sights on a prize like a martyr. But I don't believe what I don't believe, and if it's true that the truth will set you free, well, I think I finally found the key. Unbar these gates, I have to leave. We all wonder why we're here, we all doubt, we all have fear. You know that thing, that dream that you're afraid of, the one that makes you wonder what you're made of? Nobody else can dream that dream but you, only you can make your dream come true. It's not an easy climb to the top, but it's worth the view. Now face your fear, do what you came to do. You know, it kind of sums up everything we just talked about, I'd say. We could have just played this song, and then that could have been the whole podcast. We could have saved you all two hours. It's true. And just played you a song.
flashbacks to America's Got Talent. <laughs> this is one of our audition songs. It was. I don't think they appreciated yeah, it. Yeah, they didn't. They can suck it. Blank canvas, empty space to breathe into. Fresh ink, ready now to ease into the new. Letting go of the old, the scars are just a part, they're not the whole story told. May the rays be oxygen in my veins, sun kissed, I'll up in this golden haze. Feel the warmth as it crawls across my face, now I know I'm gonna be okay. Okay, I made it through, but I'm still going. Knowing where I've been, but I'm still growing. Nowhere near the end, so I'm still flowing. Hoping that this pinwheel and mend broken parts of my heart that were split and then ripped open. When the sun it tunnels and finally is showing, I'll let the light in until it is glowing. Then I'll know hope really is floating. Sunshine is so bright. I feel fine. This feels right. Rewind. Lace up those Nikes and just do it Or place your socks in Reebok and be moving Or you could be a cheetah in Adidas and be grooving Then find your people and rally up your troops Connect to a collective or commune up in a group Just hold on to faith, whatever form it takes Make sure you're celebrated and you always feel safe Maybe it's therapy, maybe their middle name is Grace Life's only as good as the relationships we make, so Take help, welcome it, receive it Know that you're a loved child of God and believe it We need to be on the same tribe team, club clan, crew band Standing on the same side But we need you to be you So when you feel hidden in the shadows, I see you The rain comes the sun, right? So I'm gonna wake up in that sunlight. After the rain comes the sun, right? So I'm gonna wake up in that sunlight. After the rain comes the sun, right? So I'm gonna wake up in that sunlight. I said, after the rain comes the sun, right? So I'm gonna wake up in that sunlight. Let the light in, let it right in We will go follow the glow wherever the light is Let it slip and slide and glide right through the cracks Fill up the empty space and melt away the past Life is too damn short, it moves too damn fast Be in it when you're in it, do not waste a minute looking back That is easier said than done I can tell you through hell I moved to standing in the sun After the rain comes the sunrise So I'm gonna wake up to sunlight After the rain comes the sun Sunrise, so I'm gone.
After the rain comes the sun, right? So I'm gonna wake up in that sunlight. After the rain comes the sun, right? So I'm gonna wake up in that sunlight. After the rain comes the sun, right? So I'm gonna wake up in that sunlight. After the rain comes the sun, right? So I'm gonna wake up in that sunlight. After the rain comes the sun, right? So I'm gonna wake up in that sunlight. After the rain comes the sun, right? So I'm gonna wake up in that sunlight. After the rain comes the sun, right? So I'm gonna wake up in that sunlight. After the rain comes the sun, right? So I'm gonna wake up in that sunlight. After the rain comes the sun, right? So I'm gonna wake up in that sunlight. After the rain comes the sun, right? So I'm gonna wake up in that sunlight. After the rain comes the sun, right? So I'm gonna wake up in that sunlight. After the rain comes the sun, right? So I'm gonna wake up in that sun. Drop. Pick. Drop. <laughs> Thanks for being on my podcast, Haley Hill. Thanks for having me. Haley Heathen Hill, Ho and <laughs> Thanks for listening to Heathen. I'll be back next week with a new guest. In the meantime, take a minute to go follow Heathen on Facebook, Twitter, and or Instagram. The handle is at Heathen Podcast. And you can also visit the website at heathenpodcast.com to learn more about this project. Send your comments or questions, and maybe we'll talk about them on an upcoming episode. Lastly, if you like what you hear, I would love and appreciate your five-star review on iTunes. It makes a huge difference for a new podcast. I'm Matthew Blake. Here's to the heathens. Glorious, glorious, got a chance to start again. Is that the I was back? Like I never yeah. left? No, I'm back. Like, like I, I never, never left. left. Another left. Another sprint. Another step. Another step. Another day. Another breath. Another breath. Been chasing dreams, but I never slept. I never, never slept. <laughs> I, I got, got a new, new attitude. attitude. At least all life is a piece of mine. I don't, I, we only do that talk one time. We should probably.